Question for the group at large. How many kickers missing field goals does it take before Lyram Haralahu has a job in the NFL? I don't know what the final answer is, but I do know we're up to 12. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease, and welcome to week two of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2020 NFL regular season and postseason, so long as it continues going, and look... After week one, we had a very competitive slate of football games, an entertaining slate of football games, and I like to think we were pretty successful on this end with the picks as well. Ten and six straight up in week one, and I always like to say if you hit that double digit mark straight up, if you can do that every single week, you're going to have yourself a damn good season, so we're off to a good start. That's 62.5% of the games picked correctly straight up. Against the spread, we had ourselves a good week two, nine, six, and one with the picks in week one. That's a strong week as far as I'm concerned. The totals, we pretty well coin flipped, but we missed uh, one extra one, so we were seven and nine rather than being even money at eight and eight platinum gold silver and bronze picks were very successful three and one straight up three and one against the spread unfortunately only went one and three with the totals the only correct total pick was on the silver pick which was the pittsburgh steelers over the new york giants which is the only one of the platinum gold silver and bronze picks in week one that i actually swept Got it straight up with Pittsburgh winning 26-16. Pittsburgh covers minus five against the spread, and the game stays under 48 points. But we had Buffalo winning and covering the spread. We had Philadelphia, which was an absolute mind-boggler how they punted that game away. It was an unbelievable thing to see happen. So the gold pick, we whiffed on that one entirely. But we also had Baltimore win and cover minus eight and a half against the spread over Cleveland. Taking a look at the Bridgewater's Finest and the Ante and Co. Pick'em Pools for 2020. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, I sit tied for 15th out of the 37 people in that pool. Thank you very much, by the way, if you are a member of that pool. Make sure you get in. Listen a little bit later for when I give you the information or where to go to get the information. Once we get up to 50 people in that pool, I will be doing another draw for a free bag of any tea that Nerd Tea sells. I've already given away one this season. Once we get up to 50 people in the pool, we'll draw for another one. So once again, tied for 15th out of 37, 92 out of 136 possible confidence points in week one. It's a clip of 67.6%, so I'm comfortably right in the meaty part of the curve. Shout out to our week one winner, Return of the Cat. 11 and 5 last week, so just one pick better than mine, but managed the confidence points quite a bit better. 113 out of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 83.1%. Good enough to win week one, good enough to be the overall leader right out of the gate. In the anti and co pick'em pool, I'm tied for 11th out of 33 with my 10 correct straight up picks. That's 62.5% last week and on the season. And shout out to our week one winner, COVID Picks. COVID Picks went 12 and 4 in week one, 75%. Three out of every four ain't bad. So shout out to Return of the Cat and COVID Picks for leading us after week one. I'm also a part of two survival pools this season, so we'll take a look at those. In both of those pools, I took the Buffalo Bills as my survival pick, and that definitely worked out. They were the most popular survival pick across all of Yahoo to actually survive. I believe the number one most popular pick was the Indianapolis Colts, and that didn't go very well. In the Ante and Co. pool, all 25 members are still alive. However, eight of them have one strike. This is a two-strike survival pool. 
8 of the 25 are sitting with one strike. And in the Money and Markets survival pool, we lost almost half of the field after week one. It opened with 88 people. We are down to 45. That is incredible. Such a massive week one loss. One week and you're out. That's rough. We're going to pop over into Fantasy Corner now to take a look at how my six fantasy football teams did in week one action, and they all did great. W, 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 six and O after week one, including a Monday night miracle where Noah Fant had himself a pretty decent game there for the Denver Broncos, which allowed me to come from behind and pick up my sixth win in six. So of course, picked up victories in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League and picked up a victory in the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, where I am, of course, defending my championship from last year. So that was a win over BDJ and J in the Professionals Dynasty Pool and a win over Bone Crushers in the Progs League. I have week two matchups in the Professionals League against my good friend Anthony Cormier from all the way back in high school and the blind Canadian Cats, who was a real contender last year. I'm projected to beat Tony, but I'm projected to lose to blind Canadian Cats, so I definitely have some work to do in the Progs League. Thank you for the Week 1 matchups, and let's have a great Week 2, fantasy-wise. And finally, I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube, you are going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week two in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining my pick'em pool, the anti and co pick'em pool, and the survival pool for anti and co. I, although I guess you probably can't join the survival pool anymore. Well, you're going to find ways, information there to join the two pick'em pools. And like I said, make sure you join mine, especially once we get up to 50 people. I'm going to be drawing for another free bag of tea from Nerd Tees. You're going to find information as well about the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, as well as my good friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Kind of like a Lyram Haralahu thing, just because I'm insistent on it doesn't mean it's not true. NerdTees.ca is incredible. They are fantastic. Their tees are the absolute best. And I can't wait to hear a review from Matthew Parker, who won the free bag so far in the Pick'em Pool. Today's blend is white truffle, and it is delicious. It's a dessert tea. It's nice and sweet. It's not a bitter tea at all. Very smooth drinking tea. And you're going to find great blends like that across the board on Nerd Tees. You're going to want to use my promo code BWFINEST, which is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks. Ladies and gentlemen, find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca, just like I have. So as I mentioned on Twitter last night, I'm going to try to make this a little bit of a quicker episode because it's being recorded later in the day because of work commitments. We're going to have the same situation next week where I'm not going to be able to record the show until the early evening, which means it's not going to be out until late night. So we're going to try to make this a bit of a quicker episode. I'm shooting for around 40 to 45 minutes. So let's go. We'll get started first in the week two picks with the Cleveland Browns at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. Both of these teams coming off of losses in week one, but one certainly looked much more impressive than the other one. The Bengals should have had that game tied and going to overtime did not uh, Cincinnati uh, voodoo happen. Uh, they lost that game 16-13 to against the LA Chargers. That game was in Cincinnati, which means the Bengals pushed on their plus three on the line and their game went under. The Cleveland Browns got absolutely fustigated week one in Baltimore to the tune of 38 to 6. Nothing goes right when you lose 38 to 6. They failed to cover as eight and a half point underdogs, and the total in the game fell under. No real significant injuries here either way, so really I'm just looking at this purely as which direction are these two teams going, and if you ask me which of these two teams do I trust more... I trust the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a division matchup. Weird stuff happens all the time. 
I genuinely think the Cincinnati Bengals win this game. I have no faith in Cleveland whatsoever. This is, once again, that definition of insanity that's been attributed to Einstein. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. I don't know why Cleveland would expect any different result than what happened to them in week one. And I think Cincinnati, you could be looking at them as a team on the rise. I think Joe Burrow had a good game. I think he has another one. I'm taking the Bengals on the road in Cleveland division matchup. Bengals get the win over the Browns. The Browns are six-point favorites at home here. I That number's not justified to me. I realize that neither one of these teams are very good, and on paper, Cleveland is the better football team, at least with the better weapons. There's no reason Cleveland should be a six-point favorite over anybody in this league. Anybody. There are some college teams that I don't think Cleveland should be a six-point favorite over, but certainly not a division rival. I like Cincinnati to win the game outright, but even if I didn't, I'd be taking these six points. We're going Cincinnati plus six. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points, and I'm going to do something with the totals this week. I took a look. If both teams went in the same direction last week, I think I'm going to stick with that and see if that's the development of a trend or if it was just a one-off in week one. So both of these teams went under on my numbers from last week. So I'm going to stick under on this total as well. It's 43 and a half. I know it's kind of low, but we're going to go under on this one. Let's go under 43 and a half points in Cincinnati, Cleveland. I'm going to go Bengals 21, Browns 20. Cincy comes up with the last second win. Let's go to Chicago now where the Bears are going to play host to the New York Giants coming into this game off of a not all that impressive performance, certainly not on the ground on Monday Night Football last night. So the Giants come into this on the short week and I think that's going to be even more significant in the era of COVID, having fewer games to prepare and especially having to travel and have fewer days to prepare. I just think with everything else that's going on, huge disadvantage to the teams that come in on the short week. Giants, like I mentioned, not a great performance last night against Pittsburgh. The game was in New York, but they lost by 10 points, 26 to 16. They failed to cover plus five against the spread. Their game went under. The Chicago Bears, like I said they would, upset the Detroit Lions in Detroit by the tune of 27 to 23. Maybe Mitch Trubisky is back, maybe not, who knows. But at least for week one, Chicago came out on top by four points. They covered as three-point underdogs. Their game went over. No significant injuries on either side here. So once again, we're talking about two teams going in different directions. We're talking about a team on the short week having to hit the road, come into a building of a team that has a little bit of momentum after winning last week. I like Chicago to win this game too. See, I'm trying not to overthink this too much. I like the Bears here. I think the Bears moved to 2-0 and on the season. And who would have thought that? Chicago at home gets the win over the Giants. Chicago, like Cleveland, favored by six points here against the spread. Even though this isn't a division game like the previous matchup was, I just feel like six points is too many. That's just a couple too many points for me to give credit to the Chicago Bears for. Yes, they picked up a good victory last week over a team that is at least comparable to them. This is another situation that I think the teams are comparable to each other. Six points, just too many for me. So I'm actually going to hedge my bets and I'm going to take Take those six points, take the Giants plus six. Total in the game set at 42 points. It's a relatively low 40. I think I'm going to stick over on this one. Let's go over 42 points in New York, Chicago. Let's go Bears 24, Giants 20. Let's go to Dallas now where the Mike McCarthy era is off to a very Mike McCarthy start for the Cowboys. They lost their game in Los Angeles by three points, 20 to 17, failing to cover as three point favorites and having their game stick under. The offense simply did not look like the Dallas Cowboys offense of last year looked and Boy, who could have guessed that? Dallas comes home to face an Atlanta Falcons team that was also on the losing end, kind of got beat up a little bit by Seattle to the tune of 38-25. to 25. The Falcons failing to cover as one-point underdogs in a game that went over the total. 
three games in and we finally have our first fairly significant injury to talk about and it's in the Dallas Cowboys defensive unit the linebacker unit Leighton Vander Esch breaking his collarbone in that week one game he is going to have surgery that is a six to eight week recovery minimum for Leighton Vander Esch that is a huge blow to a Cowboys defense that really tried to load up in the offseason and the defense didn't play poorly I didn't think against the Rams I just expected more across the board from the Dallas Cowboys and once again look Mike McCarthy's not a bad coach I wouldn't necessarily call Mike McCarthy a great coach neither team obviously was all that impressive I think I have to lean on the team that showed me more on the offensive side and for the most part I think that was the Atlanta Falcons Calvin Ridley has got himself something going on in that receiving core for the Atlanta Falcons Gurley found the end zone didn't have a great game but found the end zone at least I think he did anyway I like the Atlanta Falcons here this is another upset pick it's my second upset in three plays but I like Atlanta to go into Dallas here especially where Dallas is reeling with that defense injury I think Atlanta is going to be able to do basically whatever they want on the offensive side and I just right now I got to see it from Dallas's offense before I say yes guaranteed I know they can keep up I like the Falcons here I like Matty Ice in Dallas let's take Atlanta on the road to beat the Cowboys on the line Dallas laying four and a half points as the favorite at home totally understandable I like the Falcons to win the game outright so I'm going to take those four and a half points Atlanta plus 4.5 total in the game set at 52 and a half points and especially with Dallas's injury there to Vander Esch and the, an Atlanta defense that gave up what would we say 38 points last week I think we're going to go over on this one even though it is a number over 50 I think we're going to see a lot of points in this football game let's go over 52 and a half points in Atlanta Dallas Falcons 34 Cowboys 28 Let's go to Indianapolis now, where the Colts, coming off of a mind-boggling loss in Week 1 to a team that's not trying to win. So what more do you take from that? The Indianapolis Colts get to come home, play host to a Minnesota Vikings team that also dropped a division game last week and uh, certainly couldn't have felt very good about it. Minnesota dropping their home opener in week one, 43-34 at the hands of the Green Bay Packers, obviously failing to cover as two and a half point underdogs in a game that went over the total. Indianapolis losing by seven points in Jacksonville. That's embarrassing, especially when they entered the game as eight point favorites. You would have thought Phillip Rivers alone would have been enough to get the job done there. And even given the injury, and that's one of the big talking points and storylines heading into this game, Marlon Mack tearing his Achilles. He's going to have surgery. He's done for the year. This is Jonathan Taylor's backfield now with Naheem Hines. If Naheem Hines is available in your fantasy league, I, I put throw everything at him throw your entire fab faab waiver budget at naheem hines because he is going to have a role in the backfield the rest of the season this is why you don't throw the house at like a benny snell or like someone that's going to be relevant for one to two weeks and then nothing like you have to look at a situation like naheem hines he is going to have probably in ppr borderline rb2 value for the rest of the season he's going to be like a kareem hunt from last year but yeah if you were lucky enough to draft jonathan taylor in your fantasy leagues jonathan taylor's season is officially upon us he's going to be the number one back in indianapolis and i genuinely think indianapolis gets the job done here um i wasn't overly impressed with minnesota on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball like two of minnesota's touchdowns were garbage so if you take 14 points off the board they scored 20 so i mean it's it's not it wasn't a great showing and the defense giving up 43 points in their own building to a division rival that's terrifying if you're a vikings fan so until i see it from minnesota I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Indianapolis dominated that football game right up until the point that they didn't. And yes, that's a big deal. And with Phillip Rivers, that's been like the late motif of Phillip Rivers' career. So now we're really going to find out if it's the Chargers that were cursed or if it's just Phillip Rivers. 
That's what we're going to find out in the first couple of weeks here. I'm going to go with Indianapolis. They're in their own building. Yes, they've got the injury to Marlon Mack, but they should be fine at the running back position. Let's take Indianapolis to win the game. Colts at home beat the Vikings. On the line, Colts are laying three points as a home favorite. That makes sense to me. It's a relatively small price to pay because it's only a field goal. Let's lay those three points and take Indianapolis minus three. Total in the game set at 48 points, and as we just mentioned, both of these teams went over last week. I think we see more points this week than the 48-point total. Let's go over 48 points in Colts-Vikings. Indianapolis 30, Minnesota 23. Let's go to New York now where the Jets and the 49ers both limp into week two, suffering what could be pretty significant injuries on the offensive sides. The Niners dropped a four-point division game at home against Arizona in week one, failing to cover as seven-point favorites in a game that didn't have a ton of points in it. The Jets, losing a division game on their own, it was a game that I think everybody expected them to lose, dropping a 10-point decision in Buffalo, so they failed to cover as six-and-a-half-point underdogs in a game that went over the point total. That was like the lowest point total of last week. But as we said, it's going to be the injuries here that are going to be the biggest concern for both sides. For the 49ers, George Kittle, massive part of their offense, both in doing a little bit of run blocking, but being arguably the best receiving tight end in football, has been confirmed to have a sprained knee. He did return to the game, but I think you got to consider him questionable probably for the next week or two. They're going to want to play it safe and be careful with the, you know, arguably the biggest asset on their offensive side. And for the Jets, running back Le'Veon Bell injures his hamstring, did not return after I believe it was the first few series in that game. He is rumored to now miss multiple weeks. I think you'd certainly have to consider him doubtful for this game. But on both cases, if either one of these guys play, they're going to be severely limited. Both of these teams have good defenses. Everybody expects the Niners defense to recover and be one of the better defenses in the league. The Jets have a sneaky good defense, especially stopping the run. So I don't expect there to be a ton of points in this game, but I got to defer to top to bottom, who's the better football team. And in this case, it is the San Francisco 49ers. They're the favorites heading into this game. They're the favorites justifiably. I think I'm going to take them here. I think that loss was just weird things happen in the NFC West. So we're going to take the 49ers on the road in New York. Niners beat the Jets. On the line, Jets are seven-point dogs in their own building. This felt like a lot of points to me, but when I finally sat down and really went in the lab and did the math... I think the Niners cover this number. It's a lot of points, but I'm going to lay that full touchdown. San Francisco minus seven. Total in the game is set at 42 and a half points. And once again, with the offensive injuries, I think you got to stick under on this number, even though it is a little bit low. We're going to stick under 42 and a half points in San Francisco, New York. Let's go Niners 21, Jets 13. Let's go to Philly now where the Eagles are going to limp into a matchup again, like with a fairly bad loss from last week, a loss that not a ton of people saw coming unless you're a Washington football team backer. They are going to be at home taking on the Los Angeles Rams, who were victorious in week one. Rams with a 20 to 17 win over the Dallas Cowboys, covering as three point underdogs in that game in their own building in a game that went under the point total. Not a ton of points there. And again, the Eagles dropping a 10 point decision in Washington. The game barely goes over the points, but Philly fails to cover as a six point favorite in Washington. Not only are the Eagles limping into this game pride-wise, they're also limping into this game missing one of their biggest weapons on the defensive line. Philadelphia defensive end Vinny Curry injuring his hamstring. He did not return to the game last week, and it seems likely right now that they're going to hold him out, potentially for multiple weeks. So Philly could be without one of their biggest weapons on the defensive line. I believe defensive end Brandon Graham also got hurt in that game. So Philly's pass rush might not be looking the best here. And again, against a team that won last week sure it was a tight game but they did some things very well on the offensive side on the defensive side I want to see Cooper Cup be more involved in the offense but they did do some good things they won last week Philly did not Philly's dealing with injuries I gotta take the Rams here on the road 
I'm going to take Los Angeles to go into Philadelphia. And originally, this would have been an upset pick. But I like the Rams to beat the Eagles. When this line opened, Philly opened as a four and a half point favorite in their own building, which I think is a little bit understandable. Fast forward, that line has moved almost a full touchdown. That line is now the Rams laying a point and a half as the favorite on the road. So Philly's gone from minus four and a half to plus 1.5. That's a huge line movement on the back of obviously really falling apart in that game and the injuries that they're dealing with. Since I like the Rams to win, that's a very small price to pay. Going to lay that point and a half, Rams minus 1.5. Total in the game set at 46 points. I think this stays under, even though the defensive injuries on Philadelphia's side, neither one of these teams was crazy impressive offensively. So let's stick under 46 points. Let's go Rams 21, Eagles 10. Let's go to Pittsburgh now, a matchup of two teams that will be dealing with the short week, like I mentioned with the New York Giants. But at the very least, the Pittsburgh Steelers will have the benefit of being in their home building. Pittsburgh playing host to the Denver Broncos. Denver dropped that two-point decision at home against Tennessee last night, failing to cover as one-point favorites, at least from what I got them on uh, on Monday night. They, they weren't the favorites when the game kicked off, but they were when I did my show last week in a game that went under the point total. And in another game that went under the point total, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that aforementioned 10-point victory in New York last night, covering as five-point favorites. Now, all was certainly not rosy for the Steelers in that football game. Their offense took a little while to get cooking. Looked good once it got going. But on the offensive line, Zach Banner has apparently torn his ACL. Now, when he went down in that game last night, it really looked bad. And it looked bad, just the look on his face. He just had that look on his face like, I think I just tore my ACL. Unfortunately, that seems to be exactly what happened, which means his season would be done. So that is definitely a hit to that Steelers O-line. Might be a bigger deal if Denver had their biggest pass rushing weapon, which is Von Miller, they don't have that. So I think Pittsburgh will be able to overcome an injury like that. Again, not a ton of time to prepare for a young team in the Denver Broncos. Will be really interesting to see if Cortland Sutton is ready to go next week. He did not play last night. Jerry Judy stocks through the roof. It'll be interesting to see if Cortland Sutton plays. Be interesting to see, again, that continuing dynamic and the uh, deployment of Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon III as far as Denver goes. I like Pittsburgh in this game. I think the Steelers have the better defense, especially, you know, prior or, you know, hours rather after the injuries. Let's take the Steelers at home here. Less time to prepare. Take the home team. Pittsburgh beats Denver. On the line, Pittsburgh laying a full touchdown at home as favorites over Denver. I think that's a few too many points. Pittsburgh, again, stuff was not all rosy for them in that game. They lost a starting offensive lineman. I just think seven points is too many. If this thing crawls down to like minus six... Maybe you might want to bite on that, but I even think this game is going to be closer than that. So I'm definitely going to take those points. Take Denver plus seven. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. Even though this is a very low total, I believe it is the lowest, sorry, second lowest total that we will look at this week. Uh, both of these teams went under last week. Not a lot of points on either side. So I think we're going to go under on this one. We're going to stay under 41 and a half points in Pittsburgh, Denver. Let's go Steelers 17, Broncos 14. Let's go to Tampa Bay now where the Buccaneers will play their home opener against division rival Carolina. Both of these teams coming into this game off of losses in week one. Two very different losses as far as I'm concerned. The Panthers dropped a 34-30 decision at home in their home opener against the Las Vegas Raiders, the now Las Vegas Raiders. They just barely managed to not cover the plus three, losing by four points. Game went over the point total. Carolina, I thought, did some good things. The defense, which we know is going to be a problem all season long, just couldn't quite hold on for them. Meanwhile, the Bucks showed flashes of brilliance, but that game against New Orleans in New Orleans, which the Saints won 34-23, shows what happens when a team full of good players 
plays a really good team. And look, the New Orleans Saints are a really good team, a great team. You can look at Michael Thomas had virtually nothing in that football game, and they still put up 34 points. That's a great football team. Tampa Bay has some great players, but there's a big difference between those two teams. The Bucks failing to cover as three and a half point underdogs, another game that goes over. Obviously, we're going to have to uh, pay attention to what happens in this team's second game together. Again, when you bring in a bunch of outside players versus a team that's been together for a few years, it's different when you don't really have much for a training camp and don't have a preseason. Even though this game is in Tampa Bay, I'm taking Carolina again. Maybe I'm going to start losing a couple of picks here. Carolina could be one of those teams that I think is better than they actually are. But they showed me a lot of good things on offense. And again, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the best football player on either side of the ball for either one of these teams. I think Carolina can control the game on the ground. I think the Panthers win this thing. I'm taking Carolina to go into Tampa Bay and pull the upset. And it's a pretty big upset given the spread. The Bucks are nine and a half point favorites, which is, as far as I'm concerned, completely undeserved. I don't know what Vegas thinks Tampa Bay did in that first game to justify being nine and a half point favorites in a division matchup, but man, I, I didn't see it. Whatever they saw, I definitely didn't see. I like Carolina. Again, clearly this is the biggest upset of the week, but obviously I'm taking those nine and a half points because I like Carolina to win the game outright. Total in the game set only at 48 and a half points. Both of these teams did go over last week. We're going to go over in this one as well. It's not a 50. I feel pretty good about that. Over 48 and a half points in Tampa Bay, Carolina. Panthers 28, Bucks 24. Panthers win in the upset. Let's go to Los Angeles now. The Chargers are going to play host division matchup here to the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs coming into this game having the benefit of the long week. Both teams come into this game off of victories in week one. Kansas City's was a little more comfortable than uh, than the Chargers was. Chiefs winning 34-20 against Houston on Thursday night. They covered as nine-point favorites in a game that stayed under the point total. The Chargers, a 16-13 win at Cincinnati. They needed some Bengals voodoo to happen for that to happen, but it did happen. So they won that game by three points, pushing as three-point favorites because, of course, they did because it's the Chargers. That game also stayed under on the points. One significant injury to talk about in this matchup, Chargers linebacker Drew Tranquil, or Tranquil, he broke his fibula. It looks like he probably is going to be out for the season. He was originally in one of those um, inflated casts, like the air casts. And uh, originally they were talking about it just being an ankle injury, but turns out he broke his fibula. So that's going to be a real tough injury to come back from while we're still playing football in 2020. Uh, look, the Chiefs have to come into this game as the favorite, which they certainly do. They come in as a big favorite, in fact. I think these two teams are relatively similar. And I think the Chargers are better than they are necessarily on paper. I don't think the Chargers are as good on paper as they were last year. But they're still a good football team. Division matchup, two teams that know each other very well. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win for sure, but not quite by as much as Vegas thinks that they will. Let's take the Chiefs on the road in LA to beat the Chargers. On the line, again, another big line. Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites on the road in a division matchup. That's just too many points for me, I think, in a division matchup. I'm going to exercise my uh, most prodigious gut and take the Chargers plus eight and a half, hedging my bets in that one. Total in the game set at 47 points. Both of these teams went under last week, so we're going to stick under and see if that's a trend. Under 47 points in Kansas City, LA. Let's go Chiefs 26 Chargers 20. Let's go to Houston now, second straight team that is going to be coming in with the benefit of the long week, having played on Thursday, and their reward is they get to play Baltimore. Both of these teams escaped mostly healthy from week one. Baltimore with that big 38-6 win over Cleveland, covering as 8.5 point favorites in a game that stayed under the point total. Houston with that 30-24 loss that we just mentioned, 
at Kansas City on Thursday Night Football to open the year, failing to cover as nine-point underdogs another game that stayed under the point total. No reason to believe that the Baltimore Ravens are not going to win this game. I liked some things that I saw from Houston, but it was just a little bit of one of those cases of too much versus not enough, and I think that's going to happen again. No disrespect to Houston, it sucks. You had to play the two best teams in the AFC, bang, bang, right in the first two weeks of the season. Luckily for you, at least you can kind of get that out of the way. But Houston's going to be starting this season 0-2. Let's take Baltimore on the road in Houston to beat the Texans. On the line, Baltimore laying seven points as a road favorite, and this did kind of give me a moment to pause because it is a full touchdown, but quite frankly, I think Baltimore is going to cover a lot of numbers like this this season, barring, of course, a massive injury. I'm going to take Baltimore to lay those points. I like them to win this game comfortably. Let's go Baltimore minus seven. Total in the game set at 51.5 points. Once again, both of these teams went under last week, so we are going to stick with that. Go under 51.5 points in Baltimore-Houston. Ravens 30, Texans 20. Let's go to Seattle now where the Seahawks are going to play host to the New England Patriots. Super Cam looked real good in week one. Russell Wilson looked great in week one. This is a really intriguing battle of quarterbacks here. Patriots pulled off a 10-point victory against division rival Miami, 22-11, sorry, 21-11, so very low-scoring game there. They covered as 6.5-point favorites in a game that obviously stayed under the point total. Seattle and Atlanta put on an offensive show in Week 1, Seattle getting the better of them, 38-25. Seahawks covering as one-point favorites, obviously that game went over. Um, both teams escaped unscathed. Um, look, Cam Newton did most of his damage with his legs. Didn't really have a great passing game. Russell Wilson had an excellent passing game. Russell Wilson's got more weapons. New England's got a much better defense. Much better defense. And even though, yes, they played Miami last week, that's just, that's a lot of that's carryover from last season. So once again, it's even with all the uh, the COVID opt-outs, it's next man up for the New England Patriots. This feels like an upset pick, and with Vegas's line, it is an upset pick. I like New England to go into Seattle and win that game. That's going to be a tough matchup, one of the marquee matchups of the first quarter of the season. New England goes into Seattle I like the Patriots to beat the Seahawks. I need to see the Seahawks defense play well. On the line, Seattle laying four points as the home favorite. That makes absolute sense to me. I'm just taking the Patriots plus four because I like them to win the game outright. Total in the game set at 45 points. I think the offensive potency of both of these teams is apparent. Certainly Seattle's is. And I think New England's is going to be more so against, again, a Seattle defense that played really poorly against the Falcons. So I'm going to take over in this one. We're going to go over the 45-point total in Seattle, New England. Patriots 28, Seahawks 23 and the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum gold silver and bronze picks for week two has the las vegas raiders making their home opener against the new orleans saints both of these teams obviously on the happy side of par from week one the saints with an 11 point victory at home against tampa tom covering as three and a half point favorites in a game that went over the raiders winning the, their first game as well 34 to 30 in carolina very entertaining offensive game leave the defenses at home the raiders covered minus three on the road in carolina another game that went over the point total now, there is an injury to report heading into this matchup. I mean, above and beyond everybody paying attention to the Michael Thomas situation. Let's see if that's something that does linger into week two. Hopefully it doesn't for the Saints' sake. But on the Raiders' sideline, in the linebacker core, Nick Kwiatkowski, Kwiatkowski, I believe is how you pronounce it, he injured his pec. He has dealt with pec injuries in the past, although worse ones than apparently what this one is. But he did injure the pec. According to Ian Rappaport, it is not torn, but he is still likely to miss multiple weeks. And that's a starter in that defensive front seven. That is going to be a problem for the Raiders and a team in the Saints that like to run the football. The Raiders' defense already isn't great as it is. That just lends a little more firepower to the Saints. 
For those reasons, and for the larger reason that it is the New Orleans Saints, I'm going to take the Saints to win that football game. All respect to the Vegas Raiders for winning that opening game. Josh Jacobs is one of the best young backs in the NFL. He might be the best back in the NFL. Did I just say that? We're going to take the Saints, though, on the road in Vegas to beat the Raiders. On the line, the Saints are laying six and a half point favorites. Uh, six and a half points as the road favorite, which is what I intended to say in English. I'm going to take New Orleans to uh, cover that. I'm going to lay those six and a half points. It's under a touchdown. I feel like the offense here is going to be able to get that job done. Total in the game set at 51 and a half points. Both teams went over last week. So obviously I'm going to be going over on 51 and a half points. Let's take Saints 30, Raiders 23. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week two in the 2020 NFL season. Starting, as always, with the bronze pick, where I'm 1-0, both straight up and against the spread, but did miss the total last week. My bronze pick sees the Arizona Cardinals at home, coming off a big win, playing host to another team coming off a big win, the Washington football name Team TBDs. Both of these teams not only winning last week, but winning in their division last week. Washington with, I think, like 27 unanswered points or something to beat Philadelphia in Washington. They covered as six-point underdogs. Game went over. Arizona also covering as a big underdog, plus seven, beating the San Francisco 49ers by four points, 24-20. to 20. Whereas with Washington, I genuinely think that is just a blip on the radar. I don't think that that's anything that is going to be replicable over the long term for Washington. I do think it was something that could be replicable over the long term for Arizona. Arizona's got great offensive weapons right now. They ran the hell out of the football in that game in week one against San Francisco. And look, I mean, you've got... You've got DeAndre Hopkins, you've got Larry Fitzgerald, you've got Christian Kirk, you've got such great offensive weapons and Kyler Murray, who I think could potentially make a case when it's all said and done, maybe for MVP, maybe for offensive player of the year. Like, I mean, Kyler Murray is going to have a really good season and I don't think Washington has the defense to stop Arizona in this game. So I'm going to take Arizona to start the season 2-0. and Can't believe I'm saying that. I don't think Washington will be able to muster up enough on the offense either to take advantage of a relatively weak Cardinals defense. Let's take Arizona at home to beat Washington. On the line, though, Arizona laying a full touchdown as favorites at home. And like with an earlier game, which game was that? Oh yeah, Cincinnati and Cleveland, or even, you know, the Giants and uh, and Chicago, that regardless of who you think is going to win the game, I don't think I can give Arizona credit just yet to lay a full touchdown on them. So we're going to hedge our bets and take Washington plus seven, because you never know, Washington could do it again. So Washington plus seven at Arizona. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. I just think that's too many points. I don't think we're going to see a ton of offense from one side, and I think we'll see enough from another. So we're going to stick under the 46 and a half points, but I'm fully admitting that that really could be a bit of a coin flip with that total. Under 46 and a half in Washington, Arizona. Cardinals straight up. We're going to take Washington plus seven against the spread. Under 46 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. Arizona 23, Washington 17. My silver pick where I am 1-0 across the board was perfect on the silver pick in week one. Sees the Miami Dolphins at home playing host to the Buffalo Bills. Now Buffalo was in these picks obviously last week as my top pick, my platinum pick, and they certainly delivered in that football game. The Miami game went about as we expected. Buffalo, 10-point victory at home against the New York Jets. They covered minus 6.5. Game went over the point total, which was very low. Miami dropping a 10-point decision in New England. They failed to cover as 6.5-point dogs, and their game went under. 
There are definitely injuries to follow on both sides of this football game, but one seems to be a bit more significant than the other. On the Bills' side, linebacker Matt Milano, a lot of linebacker injuries. He suffered a hamstring injury in the game in Week 1, did not return to the game, but according to the most recent update, he's only being considered day-to-day right now, along with uh, Tremaine Edmonds, another linebacker for Buffalo. But it looks like both of them have you know, avoided something more significant. However... Devonte Parker at wide receiver for Miami, arguably Miami's biggest weapon on the offensive side of the ball, aggravating his hamstring injury that he had prior to the season. He did not return to the game last week. He's rumored right now to miss multiple weeks, and that is exactly what should happen because they know he's their biggest weapon, and you got to be careful with, obviously, your best offensive player. So it looks like he's going to miss multiple weeks. At best, I think you'd have to consider him doubtful. Uh, Other than weird divisional hoo-ha, there's no reason to believe Miami's going to win this football game. Even though both sides are dealing with injuries, Buffalo is just such a superior team, top to bottom, than Miami is. They play a better system, they've got better players, Buffalo wins this thing in what should be a walk. On the line, Miami is 5.5 point dogs at home. I'm more than comfortable laying 5.5 on Buffalo. Let's take the Bills, minus 5.5. Total in the game set at 41 points. I just don't know what I'm going to get from Miami, especially if Devontae Parker's not playing. So I, I got to stay under on it because, I mean, this could be a shutout. This could easily be single digits for Miami. So, And I don't think Buffalo has any need to blow Miami out by 30 or 40 points. So we're going to stick under 41 points in Buffalo, Miami. Bills straight up, we're going to hammer the Bills minus 5.5 against the spread in a game that stays under 41 points total. That's the silver pick. Bills 24, Dolphins, I'll give them 6. My gold pick, which I completely whiffed on last week, let's try to do better this week, sees the Tennessee Titans make their home debut on the short week, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Surprising victors from week 1. Jacksonville did have a more convincing win by the numbers, 27-20 over the Indianapolis Colts in Jacksonville's home opener. They covered as eight-point underdogs in a game that went over the point total. Tennessee last night, two-point victory at Denver despite missing multiple field goals. And again, what does Lyram Haralahu have to do to get a job in the NFL? But, you know... What, what happens, happens. They still won that game by a pair of points, 16-14, to 14, covering as one-point dogs from when I got the line Monday evening in a game that obviously stayed under the points. No real significant injuries on either side here. It's just another case of one team, like last week with Indianapolis, one team is significantly better than the other one, and one team is not trying to win football games. Maybe that means they win a few that they shouldn't. That's what happened last week, but I'm fully committed to the idea that it was just kind of a Philip Rivers thing, and Philip Rivers is not the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. I really like Tennessee here, even though it's a short week. It's going against a lot of what I've said earlier in this episode, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. Tennessee's just a better team. We're going to take the Titans at home to beat Jacksonville. But we're not going to take them to win by as much as Vegas is taking them to win. I mean, when I first got this line, it was at minus 10 for Tennessee. Right now, Tennessee's laying nine points as the home favorite. And that's just another indication or another incident, I should say, of too many points. It's too many points in a division game. I'm not laying nine points. I'm just not doing it. It's not Baltimore. It's Tennessee. So I'm going to take the Jags plus the nine points. They, you know, they made it last week. Let's see if they can make it again. Total in the game set at 42 points, which I think is pretty well a perfect total here. I'm just going to skew under on it because I know it's two teams that are predicated on playing defense and running the football. So low point total, I would think. So we're going to stick under 42, but this is a real coin flip. Under 42 points in Jacksonville, Tennessee. Titans straight up, but we're hedging our bets and taking the Jags plus nine against the spread in a game that stays under 42 points. That is my gold pick. Titans 24, Jags 17, and the last pick, the platinum pick, where I'm 1-0 straight up and 1-0 against the spread, sees the Green Bay Packers at home playing host to division rival Detroit. 
Two teams obviously going in very different directions here. Detroit dropping a division matchup in week one against Chicago. That was Detroit's home opener. They failed to cover as three-point favorites. Game went over the point total. The Packers, a big win in Minnesota. The Packers have now won at least their last seven division matchups because they cleaned this division last year at 6-0. 43-34 in Minnesota. They covered as two-and-a-half point underdogs in that game, another game that went over the point total. Now, we do have an injury situation on defense on both sides of the football here. For Detroit, defensive back Desmond Trufant injured his hamstring, did not return. There has been no update on him as of the time I'm recording this episode. You got to consider him questionable. Defensive back Justin Coleman also has just moved onto IR actually as I'm recording the show. On Green Bay's side, it's a huge loss. Kenny Clark on the defensive line. Green Bay just made Kenny Clark the highest paid defensive lineman in the league, I think, or the highest paid defensive tackle, I should say, in the league. He injured his groin. He didn't return. There's been no update on him. I would have to consider him questionable at best for this football game. But which team benefits more from injuries on the defensive side? I would certainly say it's the team that just put up like 500 points of total offense or 500 yards, I should say, of total offense and just put up 43 points. That would be the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay's going to win the game. I'm willing to listen to an argument about this being like a letdown game, a trap game, but Green Bay's going to win the game. On the line, Packers are six-point favorites at home, home opener, Lambeau Field. Green Bay's going to win this game, and they're going to cover the minus six because it's less than a touchdown. They're a much better football team. So, Green Bay, minus six. Total in the game set at 48.5 points. Both of these teams went over last week. I think Green Bay probably hits 30. Detroit's definitely going to score their points, maybe even in garbage time, kind of like Minnesota did in the game last week. I think this number goes well over 48.5, so we're going to go over 48.5 points in Green Bay, Detroit. Green Bay straight up. We're going to hammer Green Bay minus 6 against the spread in a game that goes over 48.5 points. That is the platinum pick. Packers 35, Lions 27. There you go, folks. Just like that, week two picks are in the books, and it is time now for the patented comment of the week coming back for another season the comment of the week from the week one episode and the comment of the week goes to a new viewer kenneth waugh or kenneth roy if you happen to be from the united states he apparently is a new viewer of mine don't think i've seen him in the comments section before he says in looking for a new nfl pick show i found yours so many of the ones i listened to for years have ended love your format love both straight and ats picks I'm a fan for sure. Our picks are pretty lockstep, so we shall see. Cheers. Kenneth, that means your picks did relatively well in week one. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you popping on as a new fan. I hope you continue to enjoy the show as the season progresses. And yours is the comment of the week from the week one episode. But once again, thank you to everybody who's liked and commented the episode so far. Our week two show is in the books. It's going to be significantly shorter than week one was, and that was the plan, so we did our job. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by my now empty cup of nerd teas. And remember, get into my pick'em pool. When we hit 50 members, I will be doing another random draw for a free bag of any tea that Nerd Teas sells. Thank you very much for listening and watching. We will see you again for week number three. Go Pack Go. Lyram Haralahu needs a job.